longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. For that, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And every demonic force that was sent out today to cause havoc in the midst of this service, to disrupt this service, I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. I speak that every heart is open and receptive to receive, God, what you will have for us on today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. God has allowed me with the help of the Holy Spirit to be teaching on, first of all, knowing your identity. We have to know who we are now that we're in Christ, and that's so very important. Because if you don't know who you are, even though you're born again, it's just like you lost. But which we know that we're not lost, because in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. Then the Lord had me to teach on knowing um, him as father Then we went a little bit farther on um, the mind of Christ. God has really been teaching us all of these things so we can live the way he would have us to live in him and not in ourselves. So we're going to take it a little bit farther on today. Go with me to Hebrews 12. And I'm going to begin at verse 1. I'm going to end at verse 1, but I may go a little bit farther. But we want to hear what the Lord has to say unto us. And we have to remember that. It is him speaking. He's just using me as a vessel um, in order for his word to go forth. Amen. So I humbly submit myself up under his hands today. The word of God reads in Hebrews um, 12 verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You may be seated. God gave me um, this uh, teaching not too long ago. And the teaching that he has given me is carriers of dead weight. Carriers of dead weight. Sometimes we don't even know that we're carrying some weights. Sometimes we don't even realize what we are carrying into it um, weighs us down until sometimes we get depressed or we get oppressed. We don't know what we are carrying. So I want to go back and do a recap before I really go into um, carriers of dead weight. I talked about knowing your identity now that you're in Christ. And we get that from 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have to know that your identity is in him. It's no longer in you. When we're trying to live according to us, being that we're in Christ, we cannot walk in the fullness of God. We cannot walk in what God has for us because we're still trying to do it ourselves. We have to live according to him and not according to ourselves. So that old um, man died. The old man died, and when we rose, when Christ rose, we rose with him into this new life in Christ. So you have to see yourself in Christ, and the only way you can see yourself in Christ is going into the spiritual mirror, which is the word of God. When we go into the word of God, this um, the word lets us know who we are now that we are in Christ. We are joined unto him. We are one spirit with him. The newness part of us is in our spirit. We're three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. According to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 
spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the real you. That's where everything is that God has for us. It's in our spirit. The soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's the part of us that we have to renew on a daily basis. That's the part of us that did not get born again. Your body is just sitting there. It's just a shell that, you know, the spirit and soul lives in. That's your body. It's just a shell. That is not the real you. The real you is in your spirit. So you have to live according to who you are in him, not according to who you used to be. If you start try to live according to that old man, then it's going to look as if you're not saved. But when you pull from the spirit, the part that we're missing is we have to pull life from the spirit of God. The life of God is already in us in the spirit. This is why he said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When we go into the word of God and we receive life through his word, it quickens our mortal body. It brings to life our mortal body because our body is dead. I want y'all to understand that until life come from your spirit, your body is just dead because your body is only going to react according to what you give it. Anything that you eat that your body don't like, what does it do? It rejects. You can feel it. You know, I shouldn't have ate that. I'm not feeling so well today because I should not have eaten that. So now that we have a new life in Christ, we're supposed to taste and see how good he is. We're supposed to get to know him. We're supposed to get to know who we are in him. So everything he like, we like. Everything he dislike, we dislike. We don't go on that old life that we used to live. Because once I have been translated from out of darkness into the marvelous light, I don't live according to darkness no more. I don't do what I used to do and if I'm doing what I used to do the Holy Spirit is going to convict me of righteousness he's going to let me know what you're doing is not right according to the word of God so the Holy Spirit is bringing life to your mortal body how does he do it through us not being conformed to this world molded shaped And adapted to this world, but being ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. When you're transformed, you're changed like a caterpillar. We know they look ugly, but when they go through their change, they turn out to be a beautiful butterfly. So we have to be transformed and changed by the renewing of our mind according to the word of God. If you do not go into this word, now that you're born again and get transformed and changed, you're going to act the same. You're going to talk the same. You're going to want to do the same things because that's what you were used to. So you have to, it's just like a computer. When you go to a computer, you have to take stuff out of that computer. What do you call that, apostle, when you're doing a transformation with the computer? So I can bring some terms here. You purging old stuff, but it's some new software. You know how when it won't run off that old stuff, you have to get rid of that stuff, and then you have to put the new in. You're getting rid of the old, but you're putting the new in because it's not working anymore. Have y'all ever, especially Apple, 
the the more um apple get updated stuff the stuff that you used to have after a certain amount of years they don't use it no more you can't even update it no more it's no good you trying to keep up with the new stuff but you can't because it's old so when we transform our minds we're attaching ourselves to that new life we connecting ourselves to that new life that now that we're in Christ if you do not get into the word of god this is the problem with church folk, with saints, the set-apart ones. When you don't know who you are, you go after any and everything because that's what makes you feel good. Faith is not a feeling, y'all. So we have to know who we are now that we're in Christ. And then the next thing that we have to know is, as he is, so are we in this world. Everything he has, we have it. Nothing missing, nothing broken in him. It's in our spirit. And some people say, well, if he got everything, why I feel like I got nothing? Because you don't know who you are. You don't know your inheritance now that you're in Christ. You are an heir of God, but you are joint heir with Jesus Christ. The father don't see you. He see his son. If the father is seeing you, guess what? You're showing your sinful self. You're not coming representing who you are in him. This is why the Bible says that we are hidden in Christ. My life is hidden in Christ. So when I go to the Father, when I go to the throne to obtain mercy in my time of need, I'm going in Jesus' name. I'm not going concerning me because he don't see me. He see his son. So I know what belongs to me outside of what I've done. Y'all, God is so good. Because I may mess up even right now. But if I go to my father and I recognize you ain't looking at me anyway. You looking at your son. But I'm going to repent and I'm going to have a change of mind from what I've done. But it's not going to stop you from giving me what you have already provided through your son. That's a done deal. I already have it. And just because I already have it because of what grace done. Don't mean that I'm going to continue to live in sin. When I know what God done and I've been renewing my mind, that's what turned me away from what I used to do. Some people are not turned away from what they used to do. is because they're so accustomed to what they used to do that it becomes so much a part of them. They're saying, this is the only way I know. But when you get to know his way, when you get to know him, not knowing about him, but truly knowing him, you don't want to go that way no more because that way represents death. Lord, I don't want death. I want life. And that life is already in me. But show me, God, how to live that abundant life through Christ. So this is where we are. Remember, your life is hidden in him. When your life is hidden in him, there is therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ that do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See, the enemy want to remind you of your past. And if he keep reminding you of your past, then you're going to be bogged down with your past. And you're not going to be able to really see who you are now that you're in him. He do not want you to see the real you because where the real you is, there is life. He does not want us to have that life. Why? Because he know when we have that life, our mortal bodies are quickened and we can live according to who we are. So now I'm backing up a little bit. I'm going right back to Hebrews and let you know how I got here. Sometime in our lives, we have so much that bog us down. 
We don't realize what bogs us down because we get so used to it. We get so used to carrying different things that it it becomes a norm. We feel that this is how it's supposed to be. You get so used to carrying other people burdens. You get so used to doing this, so used to doing that, that your body thinks this is what it's supposed to be doing. Because you're training your body that way. We get so used to eating certain foods that our bodies recall, you know, want those certain foods and the body don't get it. The body begin to act, you know, not normal because that body is accustomed to what you putting in that body. But I guarantee you, when you sit down with Jesus, when you sit down with your father and you begin to just be still and know that he's God and you begin because of the Holy Spirit quickening you. Because of the Holy Spirit begin to remind you of who you are in him. Have you ever been to the place that you're just feeling like things is just not right, but you just don't know what it is? And you keep saying, I just don't feel right. Something just not right. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I don't have a reason to feel this way. Lord, what's going on with me now that you asked? Now that you can sit still and really hear what I need to say to you. It reminds me of Mary and Martha. Both of them were sisters. Martha invited Jesus into her house. Just like we have invited him into our house to live and abide forever. When you invite him into the house, you just don't leave him in the house and don't keep company with him. I never seen anybody invite somebody into their house and tell them to have a seat and you all over the place and not even hold it. Come on. You're not even holding a conversation, but you welcome them into your house. Come in and have a seat and you from the kitchen to the bathroom to the bedroom. You're looking for stuff in your pocketbook. You're texting on your phone, but you told them to come in and have a seat. And you got the phone in your hand and you're just answering texts. And Okay, I'll get back with you in a minute. Uh-huh, yeah. Hey, how you doing? Everything all right? And you go on about your business. Come on. Jesus is on the inside of us, just like it was with Mary and Martha. But one thing that Mary did that was different from Martha, as soon as she let him in, she realized when he was sitting there before her, I need to be at his feet. I need to learn of him. I need to learn all about him. I need to get to know him. And the only way I'm going to get to know him is to be able to sit quietly and hear what he has to say. But oh, Martha, she thought, yes, she was doing a good thing. She's going to go interrupt Mary and Jesus. Come on, we have some interruptions in our lives with different people that don't want to sit at his feet. But they have the audacity to bother you and hinder you all the time because you are at his feet. Because the devil want to use them to move you out of your position. You better know who's trying to move you. You better know who's trying to aggravate you. Because as soon as you pick up the word, here comes aggravation. Here comes something trying to take you out of your place because they're not in their place. It could be a husband and a wife. The husband or the wife never ever bother you until you open up what's holy. Until what's set apart, until you want to get a transformation. All of a sudden, now that man's hungry. All of a sudden, now the wife wants you to stop and get something. All of a sudden. 
That's because the enemy don't want you to get into what brings you life. Or it don't have to be somebody aggravating you. It could be where when you sitting still before him, all of a sudden thoughts come. You better go wash them dishes. You better go take out this for dinner. Or you better go ahead and do this right here while you're thinking about it. So when you start doing all of these things, you you become troubled about many things. You become anxious about many things. And you forget the most important thing, Jesus, the word. So Martha said... Won't you tell her to come help me? Won't you tell her to come help me? And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many things. But the thing that she's doing is what's needed. Did y'all catch that? The word of God is telling us what Mary is doing is what's needed. It's what's needful. Some of us think that the word of God is not needful. Why? Because our money look good. Our body feel good. Our children are okay. It's okay on the job. I just got a promotion. So we don't think that the word is needful at this time. See, the enemy is setting you up. The enemy is setting you up to carry some things that you don't have to carry. But if we don't pay attention... When we need to be paying attention, everything begin to pile up on us. And he know the more that piles up on you, the weaker you get. And you won't be able to really take the word in when you're sitting at his feet. So this is why God is saying we have carriers. We have people that's carrying weights. We have people that are carrying are weight bearers. And don't even realize that we're carrying these things in our lives. This is why we have to get before him on a daily basis and say, Lord, search me. Search me, Lord. And see if there's anything in me, any wicked way in me I don't know about. So the first thing he say, he's saying here is, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so, such a great cloud of witnesses. What is he talking about? He's talking about chapter 11. When you go back to Hebrews 11, this is dealing with the ones that are of the Hall of Fame of Faith. These are the ones that have went, went through certain things because of the promise, because of believing and trusting God. They went through some things, but they had faith in God. So I want to tell you something. Just because you save, that does not mean you're not going to go through anything. Just because you save, that does not mean that you're not going to go through anything. And see, these people in chapter 11, they were our example. So they're using this like an athlete. Like you have people that are in the grandstands. And the people that are in the grandstands, they're cheering them on because they already done ran the race. So they're cheering them on. So when we go in chapter 11 and we begin to read and meditate in chapter 11, it helps you to get up to say, I can make it. If they made it, my God, I can make it. God, you would not have put these people in this Bible to show me if I cannot do what they already done. But the thing that they did was it was having faith. And all of us now that we're born again, we have 
God's kind of faith. That's part of the fruit of the spirit. You have the faith of God in you. You wouldn't be able to believe what you believe concerning this word if God didn't give you his faith. You couldn't believe it. So in chapter 11, it explains now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. What does that mean? Now faith is the assurance, the title deed. Have you ever had a car for so many years and all of a sudden the title is put in your hand? Did you not know that you're driving a car that yet don't belong to you? Did anybody know that? Are you living in a home that yet don't belong to you? Because you really don't have the title. You calling it your home but miss some payments and see who it belonged to then. You calling it your car but miss some payments and see don't the snatch man come get it. Hello somebody. But the faith that I have. I have an assurance I already got the title deed in my hand because it's in me. That means that I can stand on whatever I'm hoping for because faith is my title deed. It is my assurance. It is my proof. It is my conviction that I have what I'm believing God for. Oh, isn't that so good? Now faith is, this is the definition, the title deed. It is your title deed is your assurance of what you're hoping for. So whatever you believe in God for, God has given you his faith to have hope in his faith in believing what you're hoping for. Even though you can't see it. See, this is the kicker right here. I may not see it, but I know it's already mine. See, I don't have to see it in the natural to know what I have. Our problem is we're walking naturally instead of putting super on that natural. See, you are a supernatural being. You do not go on what's seen. You go on what's unseen. And when you having faith in the unseen, you bring it into the seen, into reality, because you already knew it was yours. This is why when you go to Doubting Thomas, Remember Dalton Thomas, they saw Jesus, but he didn't see Jesus. He wanted proof. He wanted proof. If I see the nail prints, if I see where he was pierced in his side, then I would believe. When Jesus showed up, he said, see the nail prints, see where I was pierced in my side. He said, blessed are those who have not seen. Happy are those who have not seen, but yet still believe. This is where God want us to be. God want us to be as kingdom citizens saying, I don't have to see it to know I already have it. I don't have to feel it in my body to know I am already the healed of the Lord. I know what you say, but I know what the word has already said. And what God has said is his final authority. He's not going to change his mind. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So I'm going to grab hold to what he is saying because his word is what's going to stand when everything else pass away. So I'm going to stand on him and not stand on how I feel. Because if I'm standing on how I'm feeling, then I'm not trusting him. I'm trusting this feeling that I'm having. And God don't want us to do that. So these cloud of witnesses that are standing on the grandstands that's cheering us on, they're saying, I know you can get through it. I done been there, done done that. Yes, I had things in my way. But because my focus was on what he said, you ain't never seen a runner looking down at his feet. 
That runner was looking straight ahead because he was getting to the finish line. He wasn't worrying about who was beside him, but guess what he had to do before the race? He had to prepare before the race. Our problem is we getting in stuff and haven't prepared for what we getting into. You're trying to be preachers and teachers and evangelists and prophets. You're trying to take the title, but you don't want to prepare for it. We want somebody to tell us we this or we that, but the word is what prepares you to be what God has called you to be. You're going to have some difficulties. You're going to have some things that's going to cause you to stumble. But the more you get in this word, the more you can get up. We don't want to get in the word so we can keep getting up. We want people to tell us, oh, you a prophet. Oh, you a teacher. Oh, you this. Oh, you that. They tell you all of these things, but nobody yet tell you what you have to do. You have to get in this word and let this word get in you. See, people want to be so exalted that they're forgetting it takes the word. He said, humble yourself up under the mighty hand of God, and then you will be exalted in due season. We don't want to humble ourselves. We just want a title to walk around and don't even know about the title. Don't even know what God has to say. So these athletes, they had to prepare for the race. And it took them a few months. They knew when the race was. So they had to begin to prepare their bodies. See, when we prepare our bodies, it's through the word of God. Because whatever you want that body to do, you got to get into the word of God to prepare that body to do it. The body, our flesh is stubborn flesh. Our flesh is rebellion flesh. Because that flesh want to do what it want to do when it want to do it. But when you train it, you shutting it down. Apostle would say, take it outside and shoot it. It's going to get back up. You can shoot it and you'll think it's dead. Then a week later, it pops right back up with the same thing. But I tell you what, if you keep shooting it with the word, keep shooting it with the word and telling it, you're going to be coming to subjection with what the word is saying. The word say you can do all things through Christ with strength in you. And that's what you're going to do because your strength don't come through me. It come through him. So you're going to get up and you're going to be what the word of God tells you. You're going to get up, I said, get up. You got to do this and you ain't saying it to hope it's going to happen. You saying it because you know what's supposed to happen. You don't say things to get it to happen. You saying things because you know what God has already done for it to happen. Our problem is we're off course. Because we're not in the word. Some of us are not in the word the way we need to be. Y'all know why I changed that? Because the Holy Spirit is reminding me. I don't want to cause some of y'all to stumble and miss what I'm saying because you get offended when I say, you know, I have to say some. I can't say all. I can't say none because there's some people in the room. So you have to change things up sometimes for people because they'll catch an attitude right in the midst of the sermon and then everything will fly by them except what they thought they heard. Instead of hearing by the Spirit, God wants us to hear according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. But if you've been in the flesh so much, you're going to hear fleshly things instead of hearing spiritually things that's coming from the message. So he's telling us that we have to prepare our bodies just like an athlete. 
They prepare for months. It was one person I heard that they worked out six hours a day, five days a week. For, can you imagine in a gym? Wait a minute. Some of you can't imagine. Because if you're trying to lose that weight like you want to lose that weight or get buffed, you know how long it's going to take you to work out to get buffed. And after a while, you'll say, ooh, you've been to the gym. Because you've been in there so long. You had a determination to get it done. But you know what angers me so, and I know it's the Holy Spirit in me that gets angry, a spiritual anger. You got more people going to gyms. You got more people going to weight loss programs. You got more people being determined in that area more than they're determined when it comes to the word of God. And and it's not right. When people want to get their body a certain way, do you know why people want their body a certain way? It's not because, come on, let's just be real, y'all. Some people don't get tired of looking that way when they see other people walking by them looking a certain way. And every time the enemy put people in front of their face, they're saying, I believe I can look like that. No, you can't. Come on, some people even look at the mannequins in the mall. That's a dummy. That's a piece of wood that they shape that way for the clothes to fit. But if you look at the back of the the, the dummy, they even have to pull it together to get it to fit and put some pins in it sometime to get it to fit, the perfect fit. And you looking at that mannequin saying, I believe I can wear that. No, you can't. There were some alterations. There were some things that had to be done even with that mannequin for that mannequin to put it on just right. But we look at mannequins and we look at other people and we try to get where they are. But you don't know where they've been. You don't know what they did to get where they are. You don't know what they got rid of to get where they are. But you want to be like them. See, you see in the outside, but you don't know what's going on in the inside. And then when they get the perfect size and they're getting all the compliments, the inside still tore up. You got the body like you want, but you're still hurting. You're still wounded. You're still depressed. You still want more. That was never enough. How I know it, I've been there, done, done that. It didn't work, y'all. From the treadmill to the sewing machine to Mary Kay to running up credit card bills. Done it all. And after I've done it all, I'm still in the same situation. I'm saying, God, God was waiting on me. Oh, yeah, he didn't go against my will of buying everything and running up credit cards because I thought that was what was going to help me to get back the way I needed to be. But after I'd done all of those things, I realized these things are not working. So where am I going from here? They began to get their bodies like they needed to get their bodies. But guess what they had to do? This is this next Verse, it says in the same verse, let us lay aside every weight. Let's talk about them weights. But before we get there, the Lord showed me something about the hall of faith. It was a time in my life, I never forget, the sermon I did, when you let go of it, it will let go of you. See, things that I've been through, God would give me my sermons. He would give me what to give you because I, I've been down that road. And I remember I was going through something and I was praying. I was seeking God. And every time I would pop up, it would pop up with me. 
And I said, I don't understand. So I would sit with my heavenly father and I would talk to him and I would tell him about what was going on with me. And one day, I guess God said, now enough is enough. You come in here every day and you're supposed to spend time with me. But the only thing I'm hearing is about your it. And I'm saying, okay, God, what you want me to do? And God told me this. And this was the last time I had to deal with it. He said, you babysitting it. He said, you coming in here and talking about it so much, you're forgetting who I am. He said, you're telling me about it so you ain't got rid of it. I said, God, yes, I have. Yes, I have. He said, no, you're not. Because every time you talk to me, it's all about it. It's all about what's happening in your life. So you're still holding on to it. When you let go of it, it will let go of you. You're holding on to it more than you're holding on to me. So what I began to do, and I remember I had this wing chair in my living room, and I would sit in that wing chair, and I, that's where I would talk to God. When God told me that, I'd lift up my hands, and i say, God, here am I. I don't want it no more, God. And I began to cry out to God with my whole heart. See, God knows when you're really crying out to him with your whole heart, and you're not just crying out to get a quick fix and then go back to it. Because some of us cry out because we want a quick fix and we don't want to deal with it no more. But if you always get quick fixes, you are never going to know God the way he need to be known. So when I sat there and I cried out, y'all, God took me into another realm. It was like when I was just getting before him, raising my hands, giving him glory. All of a sudden, when God took me in this other realm, it was like I couldn't breathe. And he showed me people. That was sitting around my living room. He showed me these different people. Kenneth Hagen. He showed me my grandfather. There go my mother. And then there go um, Catherine Kuhlman. Sitting around in my living room. I opened my eyes and I was like okay. And then when I got up. He said I want you to walk around this hall of faith. I got up to walk around and I couldn't do nothing but just cry. And I can just feel the power of God. Just like I just couldn't breathe through it. So God let me know these people endured. These people went through some things, but they weren't focused on those things. They were focused on me. Their faith was in me and not in them. And as I got around that circle of people, and I began to just thank God for showing me, it ain't about you and ain't about it. It's about me. You got to keep your eyes on me because every time you come to me and always complaining about this, that, or the other, you done took your eyes off me. You done went back to Egypt. So what was happening here is I laid aside the weight. A weight is a heavy burden. Some of y'all don't even realize the heavy burdens that you're carrying because you have carried them so long that you don't realize That they're that heavy until you get with God and you realize, God, I need a release. You may have been carrying a loved one because that loved one has passed on. You've been grieving for such a long time. And it becomes very heavy. The enemy know if you can carry these weights around, it can be offense, it can be unforgiveness, it can be a lot of things that you're carrying around that you've been holding on for years that you haven't let go of and they become a burden to you. But God said, if you commit your way unto me, he said, I shall bring it to pass. Commit me, you got to roll it over to me. You got to be ready to let go of it. 
And he showed me this, y'all, like a camel. A camel, when he's carrying a heavy weight, check this. A camel got to kneel down. You got to be like that camel. When you kneeling down, you ready to roll the weight over to get it off your back. Because it's very heavy. God said, when you roll your cares over to me, you rolling them over to me because you know I can carry them and you don't want to carry them no more. But the biggest thing that we do not want to do when you kneel, you humbling yourself. Some of us don't want to humble ourselves because we think I got this. I know how to handle this. I can do this. I don't need nobody help. God said, when you realize you need my help, you will kneel. You will let go and say, God, I can't do this no more. God is too much for me. God, I'm, try- I'm tired of being superwoman and superman. God, I need your help. I really can't do this no more. So God, whatever weight I'm carrying, God, I'm willing to let go of this weight. He reminded me of the centurion in Matthew 8. This centurion was a Roman officer. He had some authority, y'all. And the Jews looked up to those Roman officers. But one day, the centurion, he came to Jesus. And by him coming to Jesus, which was a Jew, because they supposed to not have anything to do with those Jews. Those Jews was nothing in their eyesight. But he came to Jesus in a humbling way. He came to Jesus because his servant was at the point of death. So he humbled himself up under Jesus. He let Jesus know, I'm coming to you because I need you. Until we can get into a state of humility and let pride go. To say, I need you, Lord. I can't do this on my own. When he told Jesus, he said, if you can come to my servant house, guess what helps you to humble yourself? When you love somebody. When you got a genuine love for a husband or for a wife or for children or for a neighbor, whoever it may be, you're going to humble yourself. You're going to say, God, I'm coming to you on their behalf because I love them so much. I don't want them to stay in that state. That's what you call intercessory prayer. Y'all, when you're seeing a person go through and you really humbling yourself on the behalf of that person and not even thinking about what they done, how they done it, when they done it, or how they slapped you in your face last night. You are really humbling yourself before God. And he humbled himself to the point he let him know. Jesus said, I will come to your house and heal him. He said, no, don't come to my house. I'm not worthy. See, a sinner recognized I'm not worthy, but I know my worthiness ain't based on me. It's based on you. So I humbly submit myself unto you today. Father, I know you can. So here I am. And that's why Jesus said he have not seen such great faith in Israel. Because the ones that supposed to believe in him didn't do what he done. What am I saying to you? If you're carrying a weight, pride would help you keep it. We got people that's so prideful that they know they're wrong, but they don't want to admit that they're wrong. And that's a heavy weight. You know what you said wasn't right, but you waiting on somebody else to tell you they were wrong so you can still be right. God told me, he said, if you know you're right, why are you trying to be right? He said, if you know you're right, why are you trying to be right? And this is what God told me. 
When you know you're right, shut up. Because you don't have to try to be right. You don't have to try to prove yourself when you know you're right. But when you're trying to prove yourself, even when you know you're right, you in pride. He said, let it go. Because you don't have to prove nothing. Everything has been proven through Jesus. So when God sent us somewhere, see, offense, unforgiveness, and pride will put weights on us. It will stop us from getting to the point that God want us to get to. It will stop us from focusing on what God want us to focus. The enemy know your weakness. He know what's keeping your way down. That's why he said, cast all your cares upon me. Because I care for you. He said, roll them over. If you don't roll them over, they're going to be like dead weights. They're going to be like burdens. Come on, don't you know, God, every time we come into God, we whining and complaining about this, that, or the other. I'm tired of being in this situation. Well, you don't have to because Jesus already took you out of it. If you're willing to give that up, Jesus took on everything so we don't have to take it. If Jesus have bared our burdens, why are we being the burden bearer? Why are we taking on things that we don't have to take on because we think we can So he's saying today, he said, lay aside. That means that runner got to take off everything that will hold him down to keep him from getting to the finish line. Y'all see these runners out there? They look just like they don't have on heavy clothes. They light. It's light. They have to make sure that the, the stuff that they have on is light so they can get to that finish line quicker. I'm going to give you an example, okay? Not being funny. Not being funny. Mitch, stand right here. He laughing. Willie, stand right there. Come on down, Brother Willie. With the help of the Lord, you already here in the name of Jesus. You in the name of Jesus. We got two runners up here. Natural. Who do you think can make it to that door quicker? Why would you say Mitch? Huh? Why would you say Mitch? He's younger. Why else would you say Mitch? Sister Nisa ain't hopping. What else is it? What would make Mitch get there quicker? He's lighter, right? That's what you see in the natural. Now I want you to see it in the spirit. He may be hopping, but he ain't stopping. He may be the one that's in his word and Mitch ain't in his word. So he's going to get to what God has promised him quicker than Mitch. So his faith going to look greater. Give me a high five, brother Willie. See, you can't look at things by the natural. Y'all say Mitch. Naturally, he probably could. But if Mitch ain't in his word like Brother Willie, he can't. See, we need to quit looking at things naturally. And we need to see things more spiritually than we are naturally. That's why the church is missing it. Because we're seeing with natural in the flesh instead of seeing in the spirit. You cannot perceive the things of God naturally. You have to perceive them spiritually. Yes, we know naturally Mitch probably would tear Brother Willie up. 
But spiritually, if Mitch is not in his word like Brother Willie, he's going to get to the finish line quicker than Mitch. How about the Taurus and the turtle? The Taurus begin to take breaks. The Taurus, not the Taurus, the, the rabbit. He began to take breaks. I'm just going to sit right here and I'm going to go to sleep because that little turtle is going to be a while before he get to the finish line. That turtle kept on slowly but surely. And he was at the finish line before the rabbit. What am I telling you? Some of y'all think you got it all together. Thank y'all. You think you got it all together. You think you don't need to come to church. You think you don't need to come to Bible study. You don't want nobody telling you nothing because you feel like you know the word from the front to the back to the back to the front. But when something really hits your house, you're going to know what weight you're carrying because it's going to take you longer to come out of it than somebody else. People that say that they stay in the word when things hit your house. Are you popping up because of where you're being? Are you laying in it and you're being miserable? Come on, because if you know who you are in him, you're not going to let these things keep you down. You're going to keep moving in spite of what the enemy trying to do. And that's when those weights begin to drop off of you because you're in the word of God, the word of life. And you ain't letting no weight stop you from doing what God has called you to do. If he called you to sing a joyful noise unto him, you ain't going to stop singing because somebody hurt your feelings. You ain't going to stop doing what you do for the Lord because you feel like somebody don't like you. Tell me I want a title and somebody tell you something that they need to tell you. Now you don't want to do nothing no more. You don't need no title. You need more of the word. These are weights. I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to do that no more. I remember years ago, me and my husband had a situation in our life. And me and my husband, God was telling us about a house, telling us about this, telling us about that. And me and my husband say, I ain't thinking about no house right now. And the Lord woke us up. The Lord let us know whatever I have for you is for you. And no matter what's trying to get in your way. It still belongs to you. You don't give up what you have because of your situation. Some of y'all in here, God has given you a promise and you have given up that promise because of something you are caring for your children. Because of something you're caring in your marriage. God said, I didn't give up on you, so why are you giving up on me? He said, even when you was in your worst state, he said, I laid down my life for you. I took on your burdens. I took on everything for you. So why you want to lay down? on me why you want to give up on me because your life ain't like you think it need to be that's because you ain't living your life in Christ you live in the life you choose when you live your life in him you don't deny what's going on around you yes this is going on but that ain't what God said I ain't denying what's going on in my house. But that ain't what God said. So I'm going to rise up. And I'm thinking God, he's giving me the script to rise up. Off of my bed of affliction, my troubles. 
God, give me the strength to rise up because you're not going to be made ashamed of because I know what you said. I know what you said. And sometimes we watch and we wait to see if God going to do what he said. But if you know he's doing it, why are you watching? You just going on about your business and say, uh-uh. That's not what you said, God. This is what you said. That's why you have to be in his presence to know what God is saying for such a time as this. God told me, he said, quit worrying about tomorrow. He said, tomorrow has enough troubles by itself. He said, I want you to focus on the day that you're in. He said, because I already know what this day is going to bring. And if you rise up early and you get before me, I'm going to prepare you for what's waiting on you. So you can get to the finish line. See, we, we worry about ahead because we have a fear of the unknown. That's a wait. We have a fear of what we think is going to happen. But God said, you're not me. You don't know about your life like I do. He said, that's why when you get before me, God said, I'll give you peace in the midst of the storm. I'll give you some peace where the winds are blowing hard. Everything in your life seems like it's in turmoil, but you riding through it with my peace. Because I'm the one that's keeping you. So God is saying, I'm going to say this again. Lay aside every weight. Every weight. He didn't say one. He said, whatever is keeping you from focusing on my promise, on what I said to you, He's telling you, quit telling God to get rid of it. God said, y'all don't remember when I hung on that cross? And he said, when darkness come over that cross, he said, before the darkness came and the wrath of God come upon me, he said, I was ridiculed. I was talked about. I was spit on. I was mocked. I was pierced in my side. He said, I was literally tortured on the cross. He said, all of this they done to me, but yet the wrath of God hadn't come. What they say they saw was not a mere man. I don't believe it come from what they done. I believe it come from the wrath of God that was put on him where they couldn't even identify him as being a mere man. Sin brings death. So when he was on the cross, but before he died, he said, Father, forgive them for what they've done. For they know not for what they've done. He asked for forgiveness before he died. Wait a minute, y'all. We're saying that we're born again and that we know Jesus, but we're carrying around weights of unforgiveness, of offense, of hate, of ridicule. Carrying around all of these weights and said we're focused 
Ain't no way you can be focused on him when he took all of it. How can you take something he took? Somebody please tell me. How can I take something upon myself that he already took, Athea? If I know he forgave, I should forgive you. Regardless if you don't forgive me, I'm going to forgive you. And I'm not going to wait on you to ask me. I'm going to you because my focus is on him. We want to put everything on everybody else because it makes us feel not guilty. If you're walking in condemnation, you're in the flesh and not in the spirit. You up under the law because you waiting on somebody else to do something that he's already done. So you can feel good about it. Mm -mm. Lay aside. One translation says this. As for us, we have all. Of these great witness who encircle us like a cloud. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. Then another translation. I love this one. It says this. Therefore since we are surrounded by a great cloud of people. Whose lives tell us what truth means. They're witnesses. Let us run the race that is before us. And never give up. With endurance and perseverance. We should let. We should remove from our lives, get rid of, cast aside anything that will get in the way and peace hinders us. We got to do it. But let me tell you why some of us don't. Because we have lived with it so long. It's no longer a wait. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. I'll use me so some people won't get offended with their weight. I remember when I was a zero, one, two, three. Little, very little. And I didn't want to be little. I wanted some weight on me so some things would fit so I wouldn't have to pin them up. Have anybody ever been like that? You want them to fit. (laughs) So later on in life, that was a weight I was carrying. Because I would look at everybody else looking like a nice shape and seem like I was just all out of shape. So... I would, when I got saved, I would pray and ask the Lord, I won't wait, Lord. I won't wait. I won't wait. And I remember the Lord told me, he said, I want you to see what you want. And I want you to call those parts of the body where you won't wait. So I did like the Lord said, because I wasn't satisfied with the weight. Every day I would look in the mirror, I would call that weight forth. And I forgot about it. Child, please. I got on that scale. I said, God, I ain't asked for all of this. (laughs) So I began, Sister Nisi, carry around that weight. Didn't like that weight. That weight was in my way. Because that ain't the weight I wanted. But God gave me what I asked. I was speaking those things that be not as though they were. But I did not want that weight because people would pass by me. And I'm like... Dad, they're a nice size. Look how their clothes fit. See, the enemy was messing with my mind. So I wasn't satisfied, so it became a burden. Some of y'all are burdened right now with your weight, but you ain't trying to change it because you're still eating hard. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say what I got to say. 
If y'all don't want to listen, there go a door there and there go one here and one here. And there's one in the kitchen. You ain't satisfied with where you are, but you ain't trying to do nothing. To get it off of you, you're steady saying, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get them pills and it's going to help me decrease. Get all the pill you want. Because when your body get used to that pill, you're going to have to find another pill. Then you drop weight too quick and you get sick. I'm going to help y'all. <laughs> but when you go here and you stay before him in this book, the good book, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do to get where you need to be. Some people would ask me, y'all, this is so funny. My husband is my witness. I would see people I hadn't saw in a while. And by the way, cameras make you fat, y'all, right? I would see people that I hadn't saw in a while. So I remember I saw this inspector. And he was talking to my husband. I'm standing beside my husband. He looked at me and said, Amanda, you really look good. Sitting up there saying, okay, right in front of my husband, you know. My husband just looking at him, Amanda, you really look good. So I'm just sitting there. He said, I mean, you just look good. You lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, what's he talking about? What are you talking about? I done lost a lot of weight. So at the end of the conversation, I told my husband, I said, I know exactly what it is. He'd been watching me on TV. And the television had me blowed up. My husband told me, ain't no TV. I said, yes, it is. <laughs> He said, he said, ain't no, I said, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's the television. It's the television. I ain't blaming nothing on that man. It's the television. That's why, what it was, y'all, because it blows you up, right? So that's what I told him. So I'm, I'm getting somewhere. So then I saw somebody recently, and I was walking towards them to pray for them and everything. And the first thing they say is, girl, how you keeping that weight off of you? I said, well, praise Jesus. Is you watching me too? <laughs> but I know where they're going. See, this is what I do. When my husband and my daughter get mad at me for doing it, I know when to stop. Quisha may know me. My son eat my leftovers, y'all. <laughs> when I go to a restaurant, my husband said, now look, we got to get something right before we go. My daughter said, let's get it right before we go. Mama. Eat you a little bit now so you'll be ready to eat when we go. Okay, I'll do that. So if they give me a whole sandwich and it's split in half, I eat half of it. Not because I'm trying to lose weight. Because I pull back. Because I know what I need and what I don't need. So when we went to eat at a buffet at Paula Dean's, me and my husband and my daughter, they bring out the little bowls and I told him, I said, hold it right there. I want to explain these little bowls. These little bowls got portions in it of what they know you should be eating. So if you take one bowl by yourself and ask for another bowl, you're greedy. Because see, when your eyes are bigger than your stomach, you say, how are they going to feed all these people these little bowls? You got to have more bowls than this because you take a little portion at a time. So my daughter told me, she said, Mama, you get, need to get your money worth. You know how much you're paying for this food? I said, listen here, girl. I took, my husband is my witness. I took a little portion here, a little portion here, a little portion there. And they said, Mama, you want more? Mm-mm. I'm fine. They said, 
we're going to pay for all this and you ain't getting no more, I'm fine. What am I telling you? <laughs> if you want to lose weight and really want to lose weight, leave stuff alone you don't supposed to be having. And quit praying to God to say, oh, Father in heaven, take off some of this weight. And he ain't listen to a thing you got to say. Because gluttony is a S-I-N. I'm getting to that, too. I'm just getting to the weights. We always pray, help my blood pressure, help my blood sugar, help this and help that. Oh, went to the doctor and all my stuff is normal. Bring on the pork chop. Bring on the pig feet. Bring it on. Don't forget my blood pressure pill now. I got to take it before I eat it. Bring some more bread. You know better. Give me one piece of bread. I done checked out good today. Pour me some more coke in there. No, don't want no water. Just give me another reap and give me one to go. And then you sit in front of people. Oh, my doctor's appointment was good. (laughs) And what you trying to do? Die early. Then when they tell you something ain't right with your blood work, now you're cutting out all your carbs. Cutting out everything. Trying to remove every weight. Body shaking like you on drugs. Because you're trying to take everything away from your body quickly. You can't do that. You have to do it a little at a time. What am I saying? Lay aside. Cast off. Every weight. And every sin that has entangled itself. An athlete, he cannot have stuff that's dangling while he's running. Because it gets in his way, he's going to trip, he's going to stumble. We know the sins that's entangling us. We know fornication, we know adultery, we know lying, we know stealing. We know all of these things that entangling us, that have wrapped itself around us, that we don't want to let go of, but we're trying to focus on Jesus. This is why we cannot focus on him the way we need to because we got too many things in our way. He's right there, but it's taken us a long time to reach out, to feel the power of God in our lives because we don't want to let go of these things that's entangling us. We only want to let go when tragedy comes. We'll let go for a little while, and then when things just pan out for us, we go back to that sin that easily protects Uh, Y'all know what I'm saying. We go back to the pork chop, the pig feet. Blood pressure down. They gave me a shot. Now my blood pressure down. Give me that ham. Because your body is feeling okay now. I, I believe I can eat more than that. Give me some more of that. Willie say true that. Not that Willie's doing it. I just hear him say true that. So why do we keep doing this? Because we're not trusting God. We're trusting in ourselves because we go back to the same routine. When you get into this word of God and you laying aside everything, y'all, it's not going to happen overnight because our body done build up a tolerance. Our body done build up these things. Sometimes it's hard for us to let go because we're in pride. And I'll get, use me as an example. I have some AirPods, first-generation AirPods. And my husband, my daughter would tell me when I would talk to them, you sound afar off. And in my mind, I'm like, 
it must be you. So I would talk to the apostle. She said, you sound far off. I said, it must be apostle. <laughs> ain't me. Ain't my AirPods. These AirPods, y'all, they from Apple. They, I hear y'all fine. Come on, I was hearing them fine, but they kept telling me over and over again, you far off. You far off. And in my mind, I done build up a tolerance. I hear y'all just fine. It must be on y'all end. And I let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> that the song, Yannapu? Let it go. So I let it go because I build that up in my mind that it wasn't me. It was them. So I wasn't going to deal with it. My AirPods is fine. I'm hearing music fine. Everything is fine. So I'm going to keep listening to them. But one day, somebody said one day. When you come, when you come to realize, light bulb, the more you sit with Jesus and your light bulb come on, you'll say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're right. It's too many of them saying, I'm far off. So something ain't right. So I humbled myself. See, I humbled myself and say, God, it's these AirPods. So let me tell you how the Holy Spirit helps you when you humble yourself. I dial 1-800-APPLE, my apple. The man got on the phone and I kept him in my ear. And I said, hello. He said, hello, you sounding far off. (laughs) Won't the Holy Spirit help you? I said, yes, I am. Because something is wrong with these AirPods. <laughs> Who helped me with that? How did he help me though? When I wanted to be helped. And he showed me wisdom on what to do. So I kept him in my ear. So finally he was telling me to do stuff. I took him out. He said, I can hear you good now. I said, I guess you can. I'm on the speaker. So it's something wrong with these AirPods. But I had to come to myself to realize with the help of the Holy Spirit that it wasn't them, it was me. Now I'm going somewhere. How many of y'all sitting in this room is blaming somebody else and it's you? How many? How many is putting fault on somebody else but it's you because you ain't been in this word long enough to know it's you? Because you got so settled with you are so right all the time, it can't be you. God is telling you today, it's you. Sometimes we look at people all the time and we find faults in other people, but we don't look at ourselves because we think we're living the life like it needs to be lived. But God is bringing a word today, y'all. He's telling us to lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets us so we can run the race that is before us with patience. So God wants us to look to him who is the author and finisher of our faith. Why am I looking to Jesus? Because Jesus done went through all of this. Jesus endured the cross. He endured the suffering. Why? So we don't have to go through those things that he go through. Or when we go through them, we can endure them and go through them with patience. Knowing that we're going to get through them because our focus is on him and not on us. So whatever you're focused on, 
that's outside of this word is not going to get you to the promise that's already been there waiting on you. If you're having problems resting, your focus is off. Because you done build up a tolerance with what you've been thinking about so long. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. That's his attitude. We have the mind of Christ. We know all things because he know all things. And the only way things are going to be made known is through this word. Y'all, all of this didn't come overnight. It come through the things I go through. It come through what I just been through. And the Lord has shown me in his word. Let me add to this and wrap it up. Check this out, y'all. Go, y'all still at Hebrews 12? God, God is something. He'll meet you where you're at. Listen what else God said, even in this. I'm going to show you something. Go to verse 12. I want you to look at verse 12. This is what else God told me. Now, you remember we're talking about letting go of every weight and every sin, right? Then God had the audacity to move me to verse 12. He said, so be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship. This is the Passion Translation. And strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking forward on God's path, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. Let me, let me tell you what he said. So be made strong even in your weakness by lifting up your tired hands in prayer and worship and strengthen your weak knees for as you keep walking forward on God's path, all your stumbling ways will be divinely healed. What was God telling me? God know your weaknesses, y'all. He know those things that make you weak, but he wants you to keep lifting up your hands in prayer and in worship. He wants you to strengthen yourself. And then another version says, as you strengthen yourself, you will not cause people to stumble by you. See, if you can't strengthen yourself in prayer, you will cause other people to stumble by you holding on to your dead weight. Because you will make people feel like it's them and it's been you. That's why you have to go to your father. Go with me to Job. Job chapter, I believe it's chapter 3. I don't know if this is helping you. But it's helping me. No, it's chapter 4. Go to Job chapter 4. Listen at what they was telling Job. Y'all know Job was going through some stuff, was he not? Job was really going through. And I believe sometimes we feel like Job, huh? Listen at what, what happened with Job. This is what his friend was telling him. Oh, and four. Y'all probably already there, but I want to get this translation here. He said, um, live in Bible. This was his friend speaking to him. Will you let me say a word? For who, could, for who could keep from speaking out? In the past, you have told many a troubled soul to trust in God and have encouraged those who are weak or falling or lie crushed upon the ground or are tempted to despair. But now when trouble strikes, you faint and are broken. Is that us? How many of us encourage people when they're in despair and when they're down? But then when things come to our house, what do we do? We fall to those things. The same thing that we're giving other people, 
we should take for ourselves. The same medicine, which is the word of God we're giving to them, we should take for ourselves. So what I'm saying is, if you want to finish this race, your focus got to be on what he's saying and not how you feel. So if you don't know what he's saying, (laughs) you need to get into the word of God and you need to spend time with him and say, God, what are you saying to me? God, what would you have me to do at such a time as this? And I'm telling you, God will show you through his word. Spend time in his word. We got too many people that are saying they're in their word, but they're living the same way. I beg you to differ. You may be in it, but you may not have revelation from it. Because your life's supposed to change if you're in the word of God. Pride's supposed to bow down in Jesus' name if you're in the word of God. You're supposed to walk in humility. You don't just tell a person you're sorry and then you come back the next week and you're acting the same way towards them. They're supposed to be changed. You cannot say you know him and there is no change because that's not his attitude. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ. That's attitude. Your attitude's supposed to change when you're in him. You don't supposed to have the same way of doing, the same way of acting. You're supposed to walk in love. So God is saying there's a lot of people that's carrying weights. They're carrying things that they don't recognize. They're carrying things that they do recognize, but they're carrying them because they feel like I can handle it. I can get through this. But what it's doing is weighing you down. And I want to tell you this. That's what you call being stressed out. And that's what happens to people when they catch things and they're sick. It's because the immune system become low because of worration, because of things that's going on around them that they can't control. So they begin to worry about it and their body begin to feel what they're worried about. Can I tell y'all something? No matter how many pills you take, that's not going to keep you. Because those pills wear off. You can go to a doctor to get blood pressure pills. And even get a shot. But that's not what's going to keep you because you got to keep returning for that. After the 30 days are up with blood pressure pills, you go back and get more. Them don't work. They up your dose. They up your dose. Your body ain't used to it. Your hair falling out or something's happening. You did. Come being honest. God didn't create our bodies to be on heavy medications, y'all. Y'all didn't know? That's why your body reacts from these medications. They react from what you take. Some of them make you feel bloated, bigger than you've been before. It's a lot of reactions. But why do we take them? It's a quick fix. It's a quick fix to pork chop, pig feet. It's a quick fix to reduce stress I don't want to deal with. It's a quick fix. Just give me one of them pills. Some of y'all are popping pills from other people just to relax. Because you done looked it up. Husband and wife. The husband may go to the doctor, get a pill. The wife hurting, she pop her. Vice versa. Because you want something to get over what you're going through. Come on. But this is one thing, the word, that's going to stand. Never lost a battle. Never lost a battle. It's time for us to change our way of doing If we want out to be in divine health, 
We do get in the word and we speak by Jesus Christ. We were healed, but we got to pull back from things that we don't supposed to be taking. Quit asking God from healing and doing the same thing. Quit asking God to prosper you and you're spending your money any kind of way. Quit asking God to help you with things and change have not come in your life because you're not willing to let go of stuff. We always run to God when things happen, but we don't want to let go of what we're holding on to. Quit asking God to give you friends. I'm lonely. Get to know him. He'll never leave you, nor shall he forsake you. Then a friend come in your life. You're mad at him because they ain't treating you the way you need to be treated. But you got a man that you left that always treats you right, even when you're wrong. His name is Jesus. Quit looking for a man or a woman to fulfill a void in your life. He is the void. You are complete in him. Come on, let's let go of these things. Let's let go of the rejection that's around us. And let's get into the word of God. These are weights, y'all. And these weights are keeping us, keeping our focus from him. Spend time with him. Hear what he's saying. And I want to tell you this. You're hearing me today. And I'm only going to tell you what he's saying. But go in the word for yourself. Get to know him for yourself. Because I'm going to tell you something. People misinterpret this word. And I'm going to give you an example. We have heard this in the word of God. And I have to bring a correction here. And people may have said it, but they have not brought it all the way out. But I want to correct it before it gets too far and people keep using it. And Matthew 23, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And these Pharisees and Sadducees were doing some things that they wanted other people to do. But that's not what God was calling them to do. I'm paraphrasing it. And in there... It has um, been said, Jesus told them, that you call no man father. Have y'all read that? Matthew 23, let me make sure. I'm trying to hurry up because I know y'all got things to do, but I need to correct this. It, which one is it, Apostle? Is it 23, call no man father? Let me make sure. I want to get the exact verse. Matthew 23, 9. This is why Jesus was saying this to them. He said, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Jesus did this because of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because the Pharisees and Sadducees was religious sects. And they wanted people to follow them and the things that they do. And he was also saying, don't call no man teacher. But Jesus did this because of them. Go through your Bible. The Bible lets us know fathers don't provoke provoke your children to wrath. Fathers all the way through the word of God. If you go through the chapter that I did in Hebrews 12, it talks about how our heavenly father chastised us. And then it talks about how your earthly father chastised you. And you take chastisement from your earthly father. So why wouldn't you take it from your heavenly father? Jesus did not mean we could not call nobody father on earth. If you do not go in there and search the scriptures and get understanding of the scripture, you would think that you could not call your earthly father father. That's not what he was saying. 
So before we throw stuff out there, we want to make sure we have revelation to make sure the word is revealed. Paul knew he was a spiritual father unto people on the earth. He knew he was not the heavenly father. You do not put fathers in place of the heavenly father. But you can use that term here on earth. He did that for the religious leaders. Because they were putting themselves out there in a way that Jesus said, No, you're not the father that's in heaven. You do not make up these commandments outside of what the father has said. Y'all come on, read your word. Because if you take everything everybody say to heart, guess what the enemy is doing? He's putting people in error. And when you put people in error, then they have a weight of error that they're carrying and they're choosing to believe what somebody said because they trust them. Please search the scriptures even when I'm teaching you. And if it's something that you don't understand that I have said, I, that's why I have a Thea. Thea, I want you to go back on such and such date. Sometime I'll call Moses, John, or something like that. It's not that I don't know. I may have got caught up in it, but then I'll correct it so I won't make nobody feel as if I don't know what I'm talking about. So search the scriptures for yourself. Learn of him for yourself so all of us can be on one accord so there won't be no confusion in the body of Christ. If there's anything I have said today that you don't understand, please come to me before you go out there and try to explain something that God gave me. Okay? If he gave it to me, he gave it to me and I'm presenting it the way he gave it to me. That might not be the way you want it. But don't go out there because if you're talking about me, you're talking about him. Take your mouth off of God's people and quit going in your own houses trying to figure something out. Ask. The Bible says if you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. Knock on my door and you'll get an answer. Don't put me out there like that. And the reason why enemy, the enemy used people to put me or anybody else out there because they want to be exalted. They want people to know I know more than the one that's teaching it. That's what's happening. And he don't want you to get this life. He wants you to miss what God is saying because somebody think they're off. If you didn't catch it, you just didn't catch it. If I didn't catch it, I just didn't catch it. But I'm going to go back through it and if I don't understand it, say, Lord, show me that. Before I go and tell somebody, that ain't what God said. Search your scriptures. Get interpretation of those scriptures before you go out there and tell anybody anything that you don't know for sure yourself. Amen. So let go of every weight. Let go of these things that you're carrying. The only way you can do it is say, Holy Spirit, show me what I'm carrying. Or if you know what you're already carrying, you can let go of it through this word. Amen? That's called dead weight. Dead weight. Another example. I'm just flowing as the Holy Spirit tells me. Me and my husband almost emptied our house, three bedrooms. Broke down the beds, moved the mattresses and stuff like that. And that man right there, whoo, Jesus. I know it's Holy Ghost power in him. He said, come on, Amanda. We can get it done. I was dragging y'all. But with the help of the Holy Ghost, we did. So we got to the last room. This was our room. And I know I wanted to lay in my own bed. So he said, Amanda, lift the mattress. I said, okay. I grabbed it. It fell. 
He said, Amanda, pick up the mattress. I said, okay. Look, what is it? Spirit willing, flesh weak. He said, pick up the mattress, man. I said, okay. Finally, I looked in my husband's eyes. This true. I looked in my husband's eyes. I focused on him. He took that mattress and he rolled it over on him. And I grabbed it. And we carried it in the room. What happened? I saw that man come out. It gave me some pasta. Look at my man. And I helped. What am I telling y'all? He rolled it over on him. He didn't let me carry it. And I thought I was doing something. I wasn't doing their thing, as they say. I didn't, y'all. He had the whole mattress. And I was going to let him believe that I was carrying something. I knew he had it. I said, okay. What am I saying? That's what God is saying, Kwana. God is saying, Kwana, let go of that mattress you carry. And let him carry it. And you feel so free and so good. And I had a good night's sleep. What am I telling you? Let him carry it. Let go of it. There you got let go, let God. We'll close with that. We got to let go and let God. This is your time now at the close of this service. Whatever burden you're carrying, God 